Hello! If you're listening to me, then you have downloaded one of the archival episodes of Pod on Pod. This is a show that doesn't really exist anymore. I am Joel Sharpton. I'm one of the hosts. Josh Shirley is my co-host. And for a couple of years, we reviewed podcasts under the title of Pod on Pod. We have since moved. And you can now find all of our reviews, subscribe to us, and get the latest stuff at alwayslisteningpod.com. Or follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, at alwayspod. Or join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alwayslisteningpod. Now... Enjoy the review. There's only 24 hours in a day. I got a pair of earbuds and I wish there was a way that I could know just what I want to listen to. There's 150,000 shows that I'm not sitting through. Where the world is dark and boring, let us do your Welcome to Pod on Pod, a guide to the world of podcasts because it's not your daddy's radio. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. And I'm Joel. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back, uh, poppers. Yeah. That's right. If you uh, like this show, then you are a, a member of the P.O.P. Army. So uh, are you down with P.O.P.? Yeah, you know me. That's exactly. Hey, do us a favor, by the way. Stop by our iTunes uh, or Stitcher um, spots. Uh, visit us on iTunes or Stitcher and rate us. Review us. Um, we'd love to give you give us a five-star rating, but you don't have to. You rate us how you want to. But any way that you do it helps other people find our show. So we appreciate you doing that. Podonpod.com. If you don't want to find the links, there's links there that will take you directly to those places. Um, but we appreciate you coming back for another week. This week on Pod on Pod, we're going to be discussing... Modern Day Philosophers. With Danny LaBelle. Yeah. I, I've never heard of this show before you suggested it. You didn't even know who Danny LaBelle was, did I've you? never heard of the man. Yeah. I, I I know him quite a bit now, though. I've seen him on a couple of things, uh, only television-wise, never listened to him in anything. Got to be honest with you, didn't really like him on the telly. I, I think that's interesting. I like the dude, especially now that I've listened to several episodes of his podcast. Uh, the podcast, by the way, is called Modern Day Philosophers, Comedians Talking Philosophy with Danny LaBelle. You can find more at moderndayphilosophers.net. This show was launched in 2013, August of 2013, but Danny's been a podcaster a lot longer than that. I looked him up. 2004, he started a show called Comical Radio. It was really one of the first comedy podcasts. Yeah. And he interviewed other stand-up comics. He was based in New York at the time and you know he had access. He was there. A lot of people were there. He knew people that knew people and he used that network to interview a ton of big names. Jerry Seinfeld's been in his chair. Chris Rock has been in his chair at different times. So some of even the more internationally known comedians he's talked to more than a thousand comics were interviewed on that show. What happened though is that Danny's career never really took off mainstream anyway. Right. Lots of other people came to podcasting in the meantime, lots of other better-known comics who then had access to even more interviews than he did. You know, I don't think it was so much that more well-known comics got into that. I think there were comics that came in that did it better. That might have been it, too, but like by Mar the time – Mark Maron. Absolutely. We've talked and about WTF. He started that because his career had – Kaputted. Yes, very much so. And if you listen to, or if you, if you listen to Danny's show, I think you'll find a lot of similarities between the way that he conducts his interviews and the way that Mark does, the way that, not just Mark, Mark's probably the best known guy that does this thing, interviews a lot yeah. of comics. But what Danny found was that other shows were doing it better or doing it in a, in a, a splashier way. He just felt like his show had run its course. Right. But he doesn't necessarily stop doing it. He just adds a twist. Absolutely. In 2012, he 
shut down Comical Radio and opened this show, Modern Day Philosophers. About that same time, he moved to L.A. He and his girlfriend kind of started over out there. And since then, this show has kind of taken off in its own right. He's got a ton of great interviews, and it's a really interesting twist. He talks to comedians, but not about their life necessarily, not about their comedy and their writing styles or their work. He talks about philosophy and the big ideas in life. Every episode, he pairs a comedian up with a specific philosopher. Yeah. They talk about the general ideas behind his philosophy. They talk about that comedian's general life philosophy and how it might mesh. And there's always a connection. Yes, generally. Uh, well, I say, yeah, I think always there's there's a reason they've chose that philosopher to go with that comedian. And then at the end, and I like this, they close by sharing a few quotes from that specific philosopher. Cool idea. It's a really cool idea. And I think Danny's on to something by pivoting his show a little bit, making it um, different enough from the other things that are out there. And I think there's definitely a niche that, that he can find. Uh, and I'm sure he's already found some of that niche as he's uh, he's got ads on the show. So there must yeah. be some support. He also takes donations on his website if you enjoy the show. Um, and this is really his day job. As a lot of other comics now are finding, like, this is what I'm doing all the time, and sometimes I'm, I'm finding stand-up shows. Right. Um, so what we do here on Pod on Pod is every week we discuss a different podcast. We break it down with four criteria. Uh, we talk about audio quality, host likability, production values, and then the content itself. We also give the show some alternate names maybe that might be more descriptive. And then we talked about our favorite moments. And finally, we rate the show, giving it either a one or two earbuds. Uh, that's the way we rate it, not thumbs up, not stars. We give it earbuds. We'll do that at the end of the show. Right now, let's talk a little bit more about the show, break it down in all these different areas. First off, you said you don't like Danny. Your general thoughts about the podcast? You like it better than Danny? All right. So I've seen him on a couple of different television venues. I didn't really care for him. Just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, right? Right. Very first episode I listened to of Modern Day Philosophy, and at first I didn't correlate the two, mm. right? So the very first episode of Modern Day Philosophy that I listened to was the uh, Aisha uh Aisha Tyler episode, which of course we've re reviewed her show in the past, uh, Girl on Guy. Right. And one of the things that I like to do is uh, I like to uh, to make this uh, incestuous spider web of podcasting, where if there's someone we reviewed and they're on someone's show, I almost always try to listen to that episode. I do think it's one of the neatest things about podcasting that there is a lot of crossover. Yeah. If somebody does your show, the general consensus is that you're going to go and do their show at some point, whenever scheduling allows. And that doesn't really matter how big you are. If you have somebody on as a guest and they're a peon, you still got to go back and do their show. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of, it's kind of not kosher if you don't. And it, what it does is it allows you to see a totally different side yes. of of those personalities. Aisha Tyler is a very different person on Girl on Guy. And so, because she has to run the show. Yes, than she is when she's the subject of, of a podcast. So that's an interesting take. Aisha Tyler and Roger Scruton uh, was the philosopher for that episode. The three episodes that I listened to were uh, Lewis Black, and they discussed the philosopher William James, Carl Reiner, and they discussed the Jewish philosopher Moses Maimon. Maimonides, I'm sure I said that That's wrong. That's pretty close. It's pretty close. And then the one of the very first episodes of this podcast I went back and listened to, episode two was Rick Overton, the comedian, and Plato, the philosopher. Right on. And really what I was looking to do, other than the Carl Reiner episode, I was looking for philosophers I knew, not comedians I knew. The Lewis Black was sort of a coincidence. See, I did the exact opposite. I looked at guests that I'd already known and enjoyed. So I listened to Aisha. I listened to Mark Marin whose philosopher was Spinoza? Spinoza. There we go. Thank you. And then I listened to Reggie Watch, whose philosopher was John Cage, who uh, I don't think is necessarily a philosopher, 
but he was definitely an, uh, an innovator, a out of the box thinker when it came to music. Well, William James is really known, I think, more as a, um, a psychiatrist and a psychologist than a philosopher. But because of the nature of the time, and right. the, if you were a big thinker, if you were uh, someone who was pushing any school of thought, probably you were technically a philosopher at some point. And that's one of the interesting twists here is that in the modern age, there really aren't any philosophers as, as far as like something that they do as a life job or, or like their life's work or there are very few and far between and we don't know them. A lot of people have said that stand-up comics in some ways, or at least some of them, are sort of our philosophers. Exactly. They're modern-day philosophers. Mel Brooks has made that joke uh, in History of the World Part 1. You know, Now, he also called them bullshit artists, which I'm going to bleep there. Uh, But I think there's something to that, too. So let's get right to it. Let's talk about audio quality first. Uh, How did you – what did you think about the the recordings and the actual transmission of this show? Uh, You know, this show does a – uh, what a lot of other shows do is he'll record an intro and an outro separately from the interview so the transition and audio quality per episode will switch from that intro to the actual interview. I didn't have any problems at all listening to the actual interview portions. I thought they all went well. But sometimes like he'll record the intro in his kitchen yeah. uh, and there's some ambient noise there. But Solid. Uh, the the other problem that you had with is with the uh, the intros uh, goes more to house likability. We'll talk about that in a moment. I think I thought this was a, a very well recorded show, especially because some of them are recorded on the go. For instance, he went to Carl Reiner's house and set up with a portable recording setup. He went to Mark Maron's house and actually sat in Mark Maron's chair, and Mark's on the other side of the table. Oh, nice. But it's it was nice and consistent. It was always very listenable. Uh, none of the none of the episodes I heard had any audio issues. There were, I mean. Th- it wasn't perfect. This isn't this, the gold standard, but there's nothing wrong with it. I'm going to be very careful not to apply that label anymore. So let's move straight to host likability then. To me, Danny comes off as interested, as invested, and he often comes off genuinely grateful to meet some of these people. And enthusiastic. Yeah, absolutely. He likes comedy. He likes to learn. He likes talking to people. He likes talking, period. And all of those things are things that you want in a podcaster. There is nothing worse than hearing someone without joy for the work. Like, you're doing this Mostly for free, dude. I'm downloading it for free. I'm probably the vast majority of people who listen to this are never going to give you money. And the vast majority of people will never even hear this or know that it exists. So if you don't enjoy what you're doing, get the hell out of podcasting. Agree wholeheartedly here. So for host likeability with me, I've already said it. Didn't like him on television. The very first episode I listened to had like a 10 minute intro that Times reminded me a lot of Bob Ball, <laughs> which we know my thoughts there, and it and and I like I almost didn't even make it to the interview. There and were- again on this show, we are going to give every episode three episodes. Sure, and I'm and I'm, and I'm so glad I did uh, because much like uh, when we reviewed the Joe Rogan experience, the more I listened the more I grew to like him. So by the end of it, by I think the last episode I listened to was Reggie Watts. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's- I, I liked him. I like all the things that you mentioned already, his enthusiasm, his passion, his love for, for what he's doing is what really captured me and brought me back to, uh, to his side. I will probably try to stay away from him on television though. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think Danny is a really easy guy for the audience to align themselves with the way that he questions 
the way that he respects his guests' opinions, even when they differ vastly from his. It's uh, he's asking, hoping to learn, not asking as in how could you believe that or why or aren't you stupid or why don't you believe the thing that I believe? And I think for someone who's going to do a show about these big ideas, about uh, philosophical and theological concerns and questions, I think that's the only way to approach it. So I really like Danny. I don't know that I'm going to enjoy his stand-up comedy. As a matter of fact, I like him so much through this show, I'm not sure that I want to hear his stand-up comedy. What does that say about me? <laughs> Maybe I won't like it and then I'll go back to not liking him perhaps. Let's move on though to production values. I said, as I'm listening to the first episode, theme song in, theme song out, Josh is going to love this show. That's not the normal way of the show. As you said, he records an intro yeah. and an outro that, that plays around the theme song. And what do you think of the theme song first? It's a silly little old-timey radio-sounding theme song. Sort of. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it fits the show. I think so, too. It's a little yeah. zany, but it, like, it, it lays out the premise of the show very well, simply. he's a little zany. A little bit. And And – Outside of the show, I think he's pretty zany. Uh, and again, maybe that I would know more about that if I'd uh, seen his comedy before. I think the intro and the outro are awesome. I think at times his intro, his personal intro and discussion of the of the interview that's coming is too long. It's just, it's the same problem that I have with Mark Marin. I understand why they do it. If for no other reason, they need a place to put ads. Like and that is a convenient place to yeah, do yep. your personal advertisements. Your your hey, let me tell you how much I love this service that's paying me to tell you how much I love them. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm a guy that works in radio. I understand that ads pay the bills. And as a matter of fact, if you're well, t- t- the one uh, so we did tell him Steve Dave yes. last episode. They don't all like they'll do live reads in the middle of their show that actually becomes a bit. We've we've mentioned several times we haven't reviewed them yet, but my brother, my brother and me, they they put it all in one section in the middle, but they do it. They always turn the ads into a bit, right? And it does that does make it much more palatable. Yes, I'm imagining though, lots of sponsors don't like that. Well, those sponsors are stupid. <laughs> I I didn't agree with you. I do. Um, I I wonder how much. Control, he, I say control, I, obviously he has all the control, but I wonder how much he chooses, picks and chooses his sponsors, or if it is literally whoever will bring him money gets on the show. I think with Mark Marin, at least, the amounts of money are so large, he's getting real co- corporate sponsors, which means that there's very little leeway in the way that he conducts the advertisement, I imagine. But at the same time, he doesn't do business, I would imagine, with companies that he doesn't care for. And TSD are guys who are doing the show because they love doing the show and could care less whether they're getting sponsorship dollars or not. Right. And a lot of their sponsorship is fairly local, too. They do a lot of like, hey, this is a New Jersey business, this is a New York business, this is a Connecticut business or whatever. Like I've heard a lot of uh, – I say a lot of. I've heard several – I heard several local spots in their in their show, I, quote unquote local, compared to their international reach with a podcast. The only reason I know – and I know Warby Parker has – the eyeglass right. company has been on several different shows. The only reason I remember them is because of Tell Them Steve Day. Nice. Yeah, they advertise on a lot of people. Like yeah. Squarespace advertises yeah. on everybody's show. So the one thing I would say about the production values is he – could trim the intros and the outros. Expose yourself and the things going on in your life through the interviews. You don't have to tell. Show, not tell, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I think we would both like it a little better. Well, I'll disagree a little here. 
if you keep your intro to just talking about your life or what's going on, I tend to like that. It gives me some perspective on where you're coming from when you're asking questions in your interviews. Okay. But keep them focused, man. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to the content itself. Is the occasional bad intro, is the uh, little bit of uh, grandstanding with the fake sound effects, etc., is that too much? Does it override the solid thoughts and the deep thinking from these uh, humorous people that he interviews? I I was a little conflicted listening to it because often it's hard not to compare his interview style to other interview styles that we've listened to. Yes, there is a lot of similarity. And it's not fair to do that. I don't think it's fair to do that. Sure, because he's not these other guys, these other people. Right, so it was a little distracting. i got to remember, I have to understand and accept his style of interview, otherwise I get out, I'll get out of my head. Okay, right. Like I, not, I won't be able to follow. You're not be, involved in the conversation, right? Because I'll start thinking, oh well, why didn't he do it like this? And then I miss content, right? Yeah. And and, and then it's not fair to uh, it's not fair to judge him on. Oh well, I missed that because of his style. No, I missed that because I was thinking of of comparing him to someone else. Sure, but at the same time, I don't think it's I don't think it's completely invalid. Because all of the listeners to this show are likely to be facing some of those same similarities and comparisons. Sure, that's and that's and that's you know that's fair enough for you to say. Very few people, I believe, are listening to the amount of podcasts oh, that we're listening to. I, I don't know that anybody's listening to the amount of podcasts you and I are listening to. So, for the average listener, that's not going to be a problem. Yeah, is what I'm probably. saying. For the average listener, my. Uh, my own crazy thoughts, uh, because we we listen to so many of these, uh, it's not going to be their problem. So I think it's fine. You're probably right. You're probably right. I loved the idea of the show, as I said early on. I I like philosophy. I was the last. I was in the last philosophy class at our university here that was ever taught. I guess I, I, they. I know they haven't started it again. Who knows if they might in the future? I we can hope. But there hasn't been a philosophy class since that one. That was my freshman year of college. I loved it. I've read a, a lot of books on philosophy. I I actually read Plato. Like really read his works yeah, as this well. Is, that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why I pitched you this. I'm glad you did. I'm glad. And I'm. This is going to be a show that I continue to subscribe to. I think the content is well worth it. Even if you come in on a weird episode and you don't like Danny right away, or if you've seen his comedy before and you're like, that, I don't think that guy's that funny. This isn't a funny podcast. There are funny moments. There are humorous moments, as there are in all the shows that we've listened to. But this show is about discussing why are we here? What is it all for? Where did it come from? Where are we going? What I really enjoy is really it's it's do these concepts from these philosophers hold up? And the great thing is there's generally a connection between the philosopher and the guests. So for Reggie Watts, for example, there's some crazy out there stuff that John Cage was doing, right? Like he, he wrote this uh, one piece. I want to say it was called 430 or 433. And literally, it's a musician up there with their instrument. And for four minutes and 30 seconds, they don't play a single thing. They don't do anything. It's just silence. There's no such thing as silence, man. It's 
the reaction from the crowd, uh, the hum from maybe an amp, somebody coughing, the ambient noise. Tinkling glasses. That's what the music is. That's interesting. That's what the piece is. There's no such thing as silence. And being able to see Reggie Watch, who who is very musical. I mean, it's what the dude does. Yes. Right? He's He's a musical comic. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a simplification of what he does, yes. but that's what he does. Right. For him to be like, well, is that, I mean, is that bogus or is this guy literally finding the, the least amount of work he can possibly do to make, <laughs> right. to, to make money? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to pay me to stand here for yeah, four minutes. Right. <clears throat> right. And so is that, is that a valid thing? Like, is that, is that music or is that something bogus? Is there silence? Isn't there silence? So it's really cool to be able to see these modern guys, guys that, that we've seen uh, or that we've listened to and have them be able to agree or disagree or maybe go in a different path than those older philosophers. I, I think that's uh, – yeah, I absolutely I'll agree with that. If you find any of these questions, discussions, ideas interesting, then I think you're going to find this podcast interesting too. Again, you can find more at moderndayphilosophers.net. Before we rate the show, we like to give it alternate names. I'm, I'm going to step right up off the top, uh, use one that I, I referenced um, earlier in the show. I'm going to call this show Bullshit Artists and the Art of Bullshit. I'm going to call it Old People Crazy. <laughs> How about deep thoughts from the cheap seats? Oh, that that is Isn't a, that a good that's one? a good one. That's a good that's a good title for a show. Anyway, I yeah. was really proud of that one. That's too. a really good one. Deep thoughts from the cheap seats. I kind of like that one. That's what that's where we're we going to stick. We should uh, we should start a show. We, we should start it. And and what it is is we go to uh, we go to like community theater plays, man, and then just and bring back the nugget of philosophy <laughs> yes. to discuss. Not just philosophy, uh. man, but but just. Uh, just what we think about it. The uh, my favorite moments uh, from the show. Lewis Black uh, was discussing his belief in mediums. One medium in particular, and I, I forget the man's name, but he, there's a, a medium that he knows, and he believes a hundred percent that this person uh, can can see the future. Can he says that this guy talks to dead people? That's what he says happens. Lewis says, "I don't presume to know." How he gets the information that he has, but he knew things about me and knows things about me uh, that there's no other way that he could know. It's a supernatural thing that he has, or at least a a, a thing beyond the current understandings of science. Man, that's it. I would have not thought Lewis Black. Me neither. Would have would have thought he that. had a moment, and this is also in that same episode. Uh, Lewis Black had a, had some time after his brother passed away. I think it was cancer uh, that took him. His brother passed away. He says he felt he's felt his presence several times. Weird thing. Doors that had never been unlocked or opened opened. Like lots of things happened. Strange occurrences afterwards. He believes. Hundred percent that his that his brother exists even now as some sort of presence and somewhere, and that at the time he he had uh, a low level of communion with that. He never heard his brother speak, but he said just like you know, if you're in a room with five or six people and you are aware of their presence, like you're talking to one person, but you're aware that the other people are there. I was aware my brother was there. He didn't talk to me. He didn't tell me go do this or do that, but I felt him. There I he was uh, read you watch of, of the three that I listened to. Reggie Watts was probably my favorite because number one, I knew the least about him. Yes, right. I knew he's done comedy Bang Bang and he's been on the show, but he was the one I knew the the least about. And I literally just watched him do a bit on uh, the meltdown. Okay, it's interesting that he doesn't rehearse. He doesn't write any of the stuff that he does. He doesn't rehearse any of the stuff. Rehearse any of the stuff that he does. That what you see him do on stage. 
will probably be the first and last time that is ever done. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like he – it's – True improvisation. Yeah. And it's and it's crazy. And he uh, – like even whenever – even like say he gets bit parts on movies or, or television, they call him like, hey, can you come in and audition? He's like, no. <laughs> you know what I do. Like I could do I'm that. not an actor. I'm not an actor. I do a very sp- – specific thing and if that's the thing that that director wants then book me i'm not putting it on tape i'm not coming in to audition and he's like and the funny thing is is that has actually worked like i've said that and have gotten jobs now for like he's had to do things in, in movies to where he has had to write right right like he's not opposed to writing or or um or composing right because he's had to do it like for some some theater shows he does it for but generally like Anytime you see him on stage doing his thing, that's a, never been done before. It's a once in a lifetime performance. That and that's amazing. That is really cool. That's that's fascinating. As a matter of fact, the one other moment that I absolutely love from this show actually came in an intro before the interview in the Carl Reiner episode. Danny is discussing how excited he was to meet Carl Reiner, how he even got a moment with Carl. Carl invited him back to the house like the next day to hang out with he and Mel Brooks. And that was like a highlight of his life. He hasn't told that story yet. He just mentioned it in passing and said, someday I'm going to tell you about it. But the one thing that he did say specifically that kind of touched me, Carl Reiner's wife, and her name escapes me now, but she's passed away about six years ago or so. And Carl was talking about his wife and gave him CDs that she had recorded. She was a singer. She didn't start singing, though, until after her 60th birthday. Oh, wow. And she was a professional singer for 30 years until uh, just before her death. And he was talking about how much that inspired him. Here he is. He's 31 years old. And at times he feels like he's the old man whose life hasn't gone like he planned. And he's, he's not as successful as he wants to be, et cetera, et cetera. But he's a young man. There's a whole life ahead of him. And no matter how old you are, like if you want to be a thing, then go and be that thing. And nobody's stopping you but you. You you know what? It didn't surprise me at all when you said that Carl Reiner would invite him over to hang out because he looks like – and not, I don't want this to be a compliment or an insult. I'm, it's just it's just what an it observation. Is. Okay. A young Dom DeLuise. He does look a little like a young Dom, a yeah. young Dom DeLuise. Yeah. That's, that's, I, and some of the zaniness, like it doesn't surprise me that he got invited over to hang out. That's interesting. It was obvious that Carl enjoyed him. He enjoyed his, yeah. he enjoyed the interview. He, he said that he had seen some of his work. He thought he was a funny comic. And, uh, I thought one of the most endearing moments of that show was at the end, Carl goes into a spiel with him about how he needs to lose weight. He's, he's telling him, he's like, you're taking years off your life, son. Yeah. You gotta, you get smaller portions, small, and give up the, give up the, the chops and the steaks. Just chicken and fish, small portions. Come, I'll show you. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Then Carl taking a, a moment to, to, um, you know, help out this kid. Uh, that brings us to our overall rating, Josh. What did you think of this show? I was pleasantly surprised. And it, and it grows on you like a fungus. Yeah, especially with 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 the first intro that I heard, driving me crazy, powering through. Like, no, this is the show. This is this is the assignment. This is the job. I'm gonna get it done. To uh, man, I I enjoy it. I'm not gonna listen to every episode uh, just because there's gonna be people in there I don't find interesting who I've heard other places, and I'm not gonna waste my time recovering that ground. Sure. Uh, but for the people I like, or the people that I'm interested in, or if a philosopher pops up and I'm like, oh yeah, let me listen about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue tuning in. I'm excited. I've found a new show to subscribe to. I mean, this is one that I'm 
and again, maybe I don't listen to every single episode, but I will get every new episode and, and uh, start it or give it a chance maybe. And I think the ones that I skip will be few and far between. He's got an interesting take. It's a great idea. And the comedians are interesting when, when given the chance to talk about something more than comedy and the, and the broader ideas in life. Um, overall, I'm going to give it two earbuds. All right. That, that, um, I'm very happy that you gave it that. A little surprised. Uh, I'm going to surprise you with a one and a half earbud rating. That was kind of what I thought you were going to end yeah. up on, actually. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised by that at all. It's, it's a better than you think show. Yeah, it is. It really is. So give it a chance too. Moderndayphilosophers.net. That's where you can find more. And of course, you can find all of our ratings and all of our reviews at podonpod.com. Do us a favor. Stop by the website. Click on this episode and tell us what you thought of our review. You, tell us what you thought of the show and tell us whether you're going to be listening to Modern Day Philosophers uh, from now on. Next week, the show we're going to be reviewing, Mommy's Cocktail Hour. That's going to be exciting. The ladies are back in charge. Uh, it's a sort of a parenting podcast. It's a comedic podcast uh, hosted by uh, two lovely ladies, uh, although they do have occasional guest uh, episodes with their husbands, too. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because we have been knocked on this, do you think we give a fair representation of female – uh, hosted podcast. Or, think, do you, or do you think there's just less of them yes, for us to work through? There are less of them. I think we could do a better job of balancing. And just because there are less overall female-led podcasts than male-led podcasts doesn't mean that there are less good female-led podcasts than good male-led podcasts. Because we both agree there's a tremendous amount of junk out there. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I do think – here's what we endeavor to do. We endeavor to not go too many episodes without having a, a female hosted or at least a, a, co-host. a female co-host yeah. uh, of a show that we review. And if you've got episodes or, or podcasts that you would like us uh, to review, things that you think are great examples of women doing it right or minorities doing it right, we'd love to hear those too. So send them. Uh, find all of our contact info at podonpod.com and come back next week for a new review of another great podcast. Until next week, I'm Josh. And I'm Joel. And this has been... Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.